to be like little children sometimes. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, he cares for me. Amen. That's, that's what, it, what it should be. I, I've sometimes enjoyed taking some of the commentary from Charles Spurgeon. He's always been had a man who just spent time in the Word in his time and his age in England way back at the turn of the century. He said this, in the same way that the sun never grows weary of shining... Who set, the, who set the sun in order? God did. In the same way that the sun never grows weary of shining, nor a stream of flowing, it is God's nature to keep his promises. Therefore, go immediately to his throne and say, do as you promised. Be it unto me according to thy word. That's the God that we serve. Amen. You love him? Amen. God bless you. Let's go directly to the Word tonight. Thank you for the worship, for the singing. Have some good news. It's gone from minus 29 this morning to minus 27. It's now minus 25. So just wanted to let you know, good news. Actually, I did have some good news. I heard this afternoon that they took Brother Lloyd Smith out of the trauma unit. He's still in the hospital, but he's not in the trauma unit any longer. And so we just believe healing is a work and that it will happen. And God will show himself faithful and true. Amen. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll just read what we read this morning in this little portion. Sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the truth. This is the word. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Wow, this is wonderful. And he's going to make, make sure that you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Harold would often say, good news, you're going to make it. <laughs> Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So we just bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. It's eternal. It can never fail. Heavens and earth will pass away, but your word will never fail. And we're so thankful, Lord, it's not just the word of a man, it's the word of God. And God keeps his word. And God watches over his word. And God brings his word into the right place, the right bedding ground, and nurtures it and watches over it. And Lord, we pray that it would find good bedding ground tonight. Bless everyone that's come out on this evening. Bless those who couldn't make it. Lord, we'd ask that your spirit would be with us, both in speaker and in hearer, and that, Lord, you would be the active one in our midst, that the Holy Spirit would go up and down the pews and be in us and quicken us, Lord. 
Father, even as they were on a road to Emmaus, as they were thinking and talking on the things that were happening and coming to pass, you yourself drew near. Lord, come near us tonight. Minister to us as only you can. Father, a man can speak words, but you, O Lord, provide the unction. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. In that same war, in that same chapter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we read about an incorruptible, an inheritance incorruptible. Later in that same verse, Peter speaks in verse 23. He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The new birth is the greatest thing God could ever give you. To be born again, to be for the old man to die out, you've got something that will never fade away, never diminish. It sets you on a road. It connects you with your heavenly body. Your theophany will begin to speak to you. And, and, and as you live out this life, there's a body waiting that God has arranged for you. We're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And if I would just take in verse 3, I've read these verses a few times. But this is the nature of God. And we're speaking tonight on, on kept and preserved unto that which is reserved, part 2B. <laughs> Not 2B, but 2B as in 2A. There we go. Dan and I were talking in the back about what we're calling this. It's just, it's the continuation of God's Word, if you want to make it simple, okay? It is, uh, it is just what God quickens and makes real, <laughs> He says, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. In other words, he's active. He is ensuring that things come to pass. He's undergirding. He's doing everything. Now, the terminology here is not by the power of his word, but by the word of his power. This word has life in it. This word has something in it that is active and, and, it, and it's working. And if you allow it, it will do things that you could never do yourself. And he says, when he, by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I'll come back to that part. Let's go one step back further to, to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. I'll just read a little portion of this, and, and, it, and it relates to Christ, the mystery of God revealed, a message that Brother Branham is, has made so much of, and it's one that continually speaks to me. He said, in verse 15, who is the image, talking about Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he, he who upholds all things, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. 
who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Brother Branham would often speak, and he would speak in the message, oh, don't you want to see a church rise like that, where God could come in their midst and speak and do things? And then he made the statement several times. He said, it's on its road now. It will come. It will be what he said. And he said, it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Verse 20, and then having made peace through the blood of the cross, and by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So he's bringing it all back to where it should be. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Not in man's sight. Not in man who looks at you in your flesh that has a fallen nature still, but doesn't see what's born inside, doesn't know what your thoughts are when you say something wrong. I wish I never would have said it that way, Lord. Forgive me. I never wish I never would have done that. Forgive me. Where did that come from? That's the born-again part on the inside. Thank God that it's there. It's living. What are we? We're unreprovable. We're, we're, he says, unreprovable, unblameable in his sight. Why? How does that perfection come? Only by the blood of the perfect one, by the blood of Jesus. The Bible talks about having your conscience purged. You can live by a church conscience. You, you know, we, we talked this morning about how we live and interact in the, in the world that we're in. They actually say that you live by the things you experience and, and by the dimensions you live in, by the things you've seen and the things, and it's, that's what they call your paradigm. That is your reality. That is where, where you live in, where you're comfortable but God doesn't want us to live by that. You can have even a church paradigm. You can say, well, I, I, I saw that you need to pray and fast, and the more holy you can become, and the more you can, you can do all of these things, the more you'll gain acceptance by God. You're not going to gain acceptance by your works. Now, that doesn't mean we don't show God how we love him and how well we appreciate what he did and that we're not sincere. But it's not our works. It's not what we do that gains acceptance. Only in the beloved is our acceptance. So our, our paradigm can't be about how I, I should approach God and how we can limit God. We, if we only read the gospel and we take out the four Gospels we take and we only go by Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we miss a huge portion. Now, John was, was from an eagle anointing, and it was actually the, the Gospel that Brother Branham quoted the most, was the book of John, John chapter 4, and, 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 and John chapter 3, Nicodemus, and different ones, because that's the age we're living in. That's what God, he wants to change our thinking. 
He wants to change our paradigm. He wants to change our conscience. Not to live by our own conscience, but by the conscience of God. He says, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. We'll drop down maybe to verse 22. Uh, Sorry, I did 22. Let's drop down a little further to verse 26. Sorry. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. So we spoke a little bit about the unfolding, how God's word unfolds, which is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So here's the mystery. You, wanna, you want the mystery. It, it, you're you're, you're going to have to go behind and, 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 and go up into some secret place and get into some... No, here's the mystery, which is... Paul said, which is Christ in you. That's the mystery. The the unveiling or the breaking of the seals actually reveals a part of ourselves. Brother Adam would, would, would say, the book is calling your name. How is it calling your name? The characteristics that God placed within you, that is who your name. The whole family in in heaven and earth is named under the name of Christ. But there's a part of you that was always with him. That's why you can't go to just any church. That's why you can't just accept anything. That's why you can only receive it by revelation. God placed that in you. Oh, I thank God it's there. We don't want to know Christ after the flesh. We want to know him like Paul did, by revelation. Many people, I'd say I'm blessed. I'm blessed not to have been in Brother Branham's meetings. But to be under the message of the Son of Man that was made real to us. Not just the flesh part that we saw, but the Son of Man that speaks to us through the messengers. Now he says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Who is it that, that, that wants to go to church? Is it the old man? No, it's the born again man, which is Christ in you. Who is it that hungers for God and that thirsts for the living God? That's Christ in you. That's his grace to us. Now, I want to just go back to this, which we read this morning. And uh, I'm, I'm, I, just if I can read a little bit of what we talked, and it's the quote out of the Church Age book about the true and faithful witness and the impersonal God. And Brother Branham would say, he, it says, though God made the whole universe... And all the laws that pertain to it and then stood back and became a great impersonal God. It is as though God made a way of salvation for lost mankind. That is the way on the cross. And then when the death of Christ atoned for his sins and his resurrection gave an open door, he just folded his arms and stood back. It's as if we majored in believing in a creator who being having created lost personal interest in his creation. Now that is how too many people are apt to think. We can think that. 
Well, God doesn't care. I mean, he took me out of the... He cares as much for you today as when you were lost and in the world. He's interested in your well-being. He wants you to prosper. He's governing in our affairs. So this is the next part of the quote. For God is governing in the affairs of men right now. He is both creator and sustainer. It's wonderful to enjoy the creation, but it's wonderful that he sustains us. And then Brother Branham refers to Colossians 1, verse 16 and 17. So as we said this morning, the universe that is there, it's not static. It's composed of moving parts. It has, uh, there's an active role, there's orbits. You know, you go and take a ball and you spin a ball... It'll actually stop after a while because of gravity and the laws that are there. But God keeps everything spinning in harmony. And he keeps the orbits of the planets. And and he has the sun just doing what it does. And he has everything going in such a way. And then even the earth where he created the earth. and, and And he through creation. And he brought the sun. And then he brought a lesser light. And these lights were for our benefit. And then he brought all the creation and everything that grows and, and all the laws, if we could look at them from a scientific level, there, there's, a, there's an intelligence behind them. Photosynthesis, how everything happens. And, you know, how if there wasn't bees and the ecosystem, how then flowers wouldn't germinate and how things, you know, the, the, the world says that it's 300 billion bees. And if the bees weren't there, we wouldn't have gardens. We wouldn't have things happen. And who does all of this? God does it. And we pass over it. Wow, you know, the garden's really grown. Well, you know, it's, it's one of the greatest things to watch a garden grow. I'm trying to give you hope here. I know we're in the dead of winter. But, you know, it's, just, it's to plant a seed and to watch it come and to watch it go through the seasons and how it's nurtured and how all these things happen. It's amazing. I'll tell you what, the deeper you go in the yard, the, the more the simple things astound you. <laughs> so God had done all of these things he created the earth, the moon, the seas the atmosphere, the magnetic field all of these dimensions, light, time, matter he designed them for us and we were, he did all of this for us who to dwell in and and we were meant to dwell here in, in the way we are we were made to move and to live and to do all of these things in the earth today and, and, and we're fitted for it we're, we're designed to be here and, and, and nonetheless, we're not designed to be the way the world has evolved. So we, we can call now, there's these dimensions, but we don't just live here in five senses. As far as, as, as what we were, that was to contact this earth. And Brother Branham would speak in super sense about there's a sixth sense. That's so that we can contact God. And, 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 and it's by faith. So when Adam was on earth, he was a theophany being, Genesis chapter 1. And then he was put in the dimensions. He was formed out of the dust of the earth, Genesis chapter 2. But his existence in those five senses, see, he, he was a God. He was, he was a part of God. He was all that God was, was poured into Adam. And, and that contact was not with God was not on five senses. It was a sixth sense. Now Adam had the title deed. He was the God over the earth. 
he had the title deed, and he was given a parameter how to work in that dimension. And so he would speak under that title deed. Now, God says he put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So if you, if you look at it, in, in Genesis 1, everything was going to grow, everything was going to come. But Adam was to play an active part in the garden, in the maintenance, in, in governing the affairs of the earth. So that was man's original role. That was God's intent. God's purpose will never be defeated. That still is intent today. Actually, that's why the earth is groaning. Because it's wanting the sons of God to come back to their rightful place. It's groaning for that again. So Adam had that, and, and also, now if I can just inject this a little bit, and I, I'm just mindful to just push this through quickly today, because I, we just don't want to be here forever, right? Thank you. Thanks for the amens. Heartfelt they were. <laughs> Adam was also told in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply. Now, in Adam at that moment was masculine and feminine. Now let, let, me, let me read something that, that Brother Branham would talk about and he would say. And, 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 and he, in, in the message, spoken word is the original seed. I, I think it's tremendous, this, this, this whole message. He said, the word of God is original. Everything God created, spoken to existence, is original. Now that's, he says now, you can hybrid some of his creation secondarily. And that's what Eve did when she fell. Now, she was not in the original creation. She's a byproduct of the man, not in the creation of God. God created the whole thing, but then he took a part of his creation and made a helpmate. So she was to have an active role in the whole plan of God. The woman was to be that. Now he, he will go on and say this in, in the same message. All of God's sons must, have been, must be the same. Let me, let me just back up a set. Because in, in, the pre, in, in a paragraph here he says this. Eve would have brought forth that child. Now he doesn't say that about Adam. He said Eve would have brought forth that child. She would have finally done it. Did not God tell her, multiply and replenish the earth? So he told her she was to have a part in the furtherance of life. Now he said all of God's sons must be the same. What does it mean? Not, not born after the flesh, to be born after the word. It's not good enough to be born after your mother and father. You need to be born by the incorruptible word. That's when you're a son and daughter. God wants you to be closer to him than any other existence on earth. It's good to have a mother. It's good to have a, a, a father. It's good to have a sister and a brother. Some people aren't amening that part very quick. But he said it's good to have those things. But yet more than all of that... The greatest relationship is with God. He's my father. 
He's my mother. He's my sister. He's my brother. He speaks to me. He talks to me. He's everything to me. That's the greatest relationship. So to be born of the water and the Spirit brings us back to spoken word again. It brings you back to the place where you should have been. That's the reason of Christ's death, he would say. Now, when man fell in the Garden of Eden, or when Eve hybrid his word, now she fell not just by a physical act, because before it ever was a physical act, it was in her mind. So she fell, she had to accept something other than God's seed word in her mind, and it came from another source, and when she did that, it gave way or produced the seeds for the fall naturally. So that's why we dismiss everything that is not according to God's word. And I'll tell you what, the more that rises up and the more things, the more I'm focused on what's, what's right. So when the creation fell, God's purpose was still the same. And God's purpose will never be defeated. I know my Redeemer liveth. God's purpose can never be defeated. Nothing can defeat it. <laughs> just, just listen to these few words. That's how come we ought to be so happy today. Resting on the beautiful revelation of the word of the living God. There is nothing present, nothing that can come, no sickness, no sorrow, no death, no, por no perils. Nothing can separate us from the purpose of the living God. What God imagined in his mind, what God purposed in his heart to bring to pass, there is no demon, there is no power, there is nothing that can separate God's great, immortal, eternal plan. It must be as God said. Now back then, sin marred the picture. Sin looked like it stopped the purpose of God, but it can't stop the purpose of God. God will not be defeated. So a woman brought forth a man, which was a secondary, perverted way. God never created him out of the dust of the earth with his own hands, but the woman brought him through sex desire. And he says, so that, that was not God's original purpose. So his purpose will not be defeated. So the creator who created creation and all the laws, and part of those laws were the minute that you sin, you die. So death began to set in. And the minute you die, the only way, and, 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 and then here's the heart of God, the only way that you can ever come back is there's a substitute or blood has to be shed for your death, an innocent sacrifice. And so God even was the first one. He injected himself into these dimensions, killed an animal, gave Adam some skins, and said, here, you can get dressed in it. Now, if God wouldn't have injected himself, if he wouldn't have been a sustainer, a governor, friends, we would have been lost. God had to come in. But God had to work according to the laws of these dimensions, of this creation. So he had to submit himself. So when God transcended or God came down, now you, you talk about the greatness of God. And, and the creation and the creator and everything that's there. Solomon built a house for him. And God's desiring to live in a house, in a tabernacle, in a human body. 
But, but Solomon built him a house. And Solomon said, here is this house of God. It's for God. And he says, but he said, the heavens can't contain God. How much more this house? Now, he doesn't mean that God wouldn't come to this house. But this God would transcend or he would break into this dimension and make himself known. Friends, we're not just seated in anti-message tabernacle. We're seated in, in heavenly places today. We're not just the presence of God that you feel when you go in prayer or you're singing a song or, or you're reading the word or as the word's being ministered. That is not, that is not just a human thing. Now, I know it, it can touch our spirit level. But the joy that you have doesn't compare. Hey, you... Everybody can get excited about the hockey team and this team scored. And there's joy. Oh, did you see that goal? Did you see this and this? And you all know what I'm talking about. Did you see what happened? But I'll tell you what. That joy is nothing compared to the joy that comes in your heart when he comes in. That comes from another place. That's not just part of the something conjured up here. That's the transcendence of God, the omniscient God, the omnipotent God that's coming to your doorstep, making himself real to you. Governor, sustainer, comforter, that's him coming to where we are. Oh, I tell you what, that rejoices my soul. So he didn't come, he injected himself. Let me let me read this, the further part of this, this quote that Brother Branham would talk about and the governor and the sustainer in all things. I, I think we just need to hear this. If you, if you want to whistle a song in the next few days when the devil comes your way, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Oh, just sing that song. And I'll tell you what. And reflect on that and begin to see the goodness of God. Forget about all that the devil is doing. What about the goodness of God? And what about what he's doing? And what about all that he's projecting himself to us? He is the sovereign God by his own counsel. He purposed the plan of salvation of his own elect which he foreknew. The son died on the cross to establish the means of salvation... And now listen to this part. So that happened. He died. But where is he now? He said, he went up high and he sent the comforter. Now listen, he says, he said, the Holy Spirit carefully, that's the same one, executes the will of the Father. He is working all things at this moment according to the purpose of his will. Who's in control? Is Satan in control? No, God's in control. Satan can't even do anything unless he asks permission first. God's in control. And sometimes God gives him permission. Go ahead, like he did to Job. Go ahead, take away everything. Go ahead, put a sickness on him. Go ahead. And Satan thinks, wow, this is great. Not knowing that he's doing God's will. <laughs> we were just talking this, this morning just about the devil. Like, you know, just, just, just people's thoughts of the devil. 
that there's some goodness in the devil. There's not an ounce of goodness in him. This is Jonathan Kahn. He's a Masonic Jew, and he was talking about the Satan worshiper that he met, and the Satan worshiper thought, you know what? Why are you a Satan worshiper? Well, you know, if I'm going to go to hell, at least I'm going to get his favor if I go there. Get the favor of the devil? Are you kidding me? You're not going to get his favor. When you get there, he'll, he'll, he'll want you to fry like everybody else. You're not going to gain any special favor. No. <laughs> There's only one that's good. That's God. <laughs> the devil is God. It doesn't have anything good. Well, I'll, I'll just, you know what, if I don't rile him up, <laughs> you know, if I don't serve God too fervently, he, he won't rile up and disturb me. I'll tell you what, he's going to disturb you no matter what you do. I'll just say this. You might rile him up, but I'll tell you what, woe unto him that touches one of God's elect. You'll know God in a greater way. Just set your face to Calvary. So he says, he's working everything according to the purpose of his mill. will. He's right in the midst of it all. He's in the midst of his church. The great creator, the savior God, is faithfully working among his own right now as the great shepherd. That's a manifestation of Jehovah as he's a shepherd to us. And he says, the great shepherd of his sheep, his very existence is for his own. Do you think God would ha- want to have sons and daughters and, you know, just let them kind of drift? And He's interested in our well-being. He loves them and he cares for them. His eye is ever upon them. When the word said that your lives are hid with Christ in God, it means exactly what it says. Oh, I am so glad that my God abides faithful. He's true to himself. He won't lie. He's true to his word. He'll back it up. He's true to us. He will lose none of us, but will raise us up at the last day. I'm glad that I'm resting in his faithfulness. This is, this is to me... So contrary to what will happen when you have a trial come on you. You think, oh, God hates me. He doesn't hate you. He's trying to perfect you. He wants you to be different than you are. He doesn't want you like Laodicea. He doesn't want the attitudes of Laodicea. He wants to purge those things from you. Yes, Jesus loves me. The trials of this life, the cloudy skies, are not a sign of God's disapproval. Neither are the sunny skies a sign of his approval. How do I know he loves me? Because he said so. Yes, Jesus loves me. This I know. If I can leave you with one thought, just take that with you. So we and our existence on the earth, we're actually made as a dynamic being. We're not just meant to be a static being. We're meant where we need to drink water, where we need to drink so much water in order to be healthy. We need to eat food, and we all do that. Some do it better than others. Some do it too much. You don't have to look too far. So you, you, you look at this. We're meant to take these things in. That's naturally speaking. But your spirit realm is also meant to be loved your spirit realm is meant to, 
to have peace and, and, and to have good thoughts and to dwell that way. But because we're meant to be filled and we hunger, if you let it go, they actually call it the hunger of the wild. If you let it go unchecked, they, they talk about the, the jungle and the, and the jungle, which is not man, just, just by virtue of, of what's in every seed to bring and express itself, it just goes wild. That's a human being. We're seeing mankind go wild, feeding the flesh, feeding their des the desires of an unregenerate man or woman, brought to them by a spirit realm, a devil. I'll tell you what, there's no more restraints. The holes, you know, whatever was, was a sense of morality, whatever Hollywood called G-rated, <laughs> there is no G-rated. Whatever Hollywood calls PG, parental guidance, I'll tell you what, you need GG, God guidance, not PG. Give me GG anytime. I don't know, that, you heard it here first. I just copyrighted it. <laughs> Going to put a patent on that, GG. I'll tell you what, this is GG. <laughs> the message is GG. God guidance. So we're made to hunger. The natural, you know, Brother Bannon would take the message thirst and he would say, you have a need in your body. It's brought to you by hunger or by thirst. If you didn't have hunger, if you didn't feel that, you wouldn't know that you need it. So if, if I can now, now just say this, creation, fallen creation, was crying for something. It needed something. So God had to inject himself into creation. He had to transcend from, from his great space, time, being, and transcend down to this level where we are at. And he had to portray and bring himself into this. And, and, I'll, and I'll just say this, that presence of God, there's nothing like it. When the thoughts of God penetrate your being. And so he began to inject what I call an active ingredient. Now, let, to make this real, I'm, I'm going to just talk a little bit about what, what I call your body. Because your body takes in food. The food is digested. Now, I, I'm, I'm just giving the, this is not even the Google version. This is not the medical version. And if there's anybody who's in the medical field, don't, this is... This is just me, but you take in food, it tastes good, you, you, you want to eat it, but sometimes food that tastes good isn't always good for you. And, and, and sin is pleasant, so sin's not good for you, guaranteed. But, but you, you take all of these things, your body, you take in food, it digests, it goes into your stomach, your stomach has enzymes that break it down and they carry the nutrients and it's brought through the blood by the whole body system by, you know, and it's injected into the blood and it brings life and it does all kinds of things. It's meant to sustain you. That's, that's your natural body. But your body can have a deficiency. So sometimes your body needs a little extra help it needs an active ingredient. So you can start by, by, by doing what we call, and, and you can start by adding a vitamin. So, you know, you know you're, you're, they'll go to the doctor and you'll tell, well, you know what, you're, you're, you're in, in certain situation, your body's lacking this. You know, Brother Bram told the story about a little boy who was 
The parents were wondering about him because he started chewing the rubber off of his eraser all the time. And, and, and then, you know, they, they started to get worried and they were protecting their bicycle tires and car tires because they didn't know if the boy... No, they didn't say that. Okay, that's the... But, but they brought him to the doctor and the doctor said, he, he craves sulfur. And that, that racer has sulfur on it. So, so the body needed something so the doctor can, can prescribe something. It's an active ingredient. So it's, it's an ingredient that the body needs. It can be a vitamin. And, but sometimes, no matter how much you put the vitamin, maybe there's a deficiency in the way that that vitamin comes into the body and it doesn't break down. So then they begin to do what's called <coughs> an active ingredient. So let me just take this and I'll, I'll bring a couple examples for you a minute. An active ingredient is the ingredient in a pharmaceutical drug or pesticide that is biologically active. In other words, when you ingest it, it, it actually begins to work by itself within itself. So you can, you can have, you can buy these yogurts now. They got, okay, there's, there's, there's people who know about this. So if your parents are pushing you with a something or you're being taught about something, but they have what's called probiotics. And they actually, you ingest them, they actually work in themselves. They don't rely on the stomach. It helps bring a balance to the bacteria in your digestive system. So it actually works in itself. It's an active ingredient. Now God put all of these things. God is in medicine. God is in nature. God has all the answers. God can come by a miracle. God can heal you by many different things. He can give wisdom to a doctor. He can, he can give you the right solution. But it's God that does it. So sometimes there's a deficiency. Now, we're talking about God who's active in our lives. So you talk about probiotics. That, that's something. Now, let, let me just back up a step. So in the, in the Bible... Here's creation. It's just rolling along. It's rolling along. Man has fallen. God's promised he's going to do such and such. You know, and, and you know, maybe one day here's, here's a group of men. They're, they're cooking a meal. They're religious men, and they're cooking this pot, and it's got some wild gourds, and all of a sudden they go, there's death in the pot. And, and so a prophet by inspiration comes, and he throws in a meal offering into this pot. Now the meal offering, Brother Adam says, every burr was Christ. The word. But when he threw that meal offering in, it had active ingredients and it killed the death that was in the pot and it was Christ that was injected. That's the God that works in our behalf. He injects things that we need at a time when we need them. The word has life in itself. You don't need to add to it. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. <laughs> Never a man spake like this man. So, now just let's back up naturally. <laughs> when, man, when man fell, death set in. So, ever since then, they've been looking for the miracle cure to stop death or aging. If you go on the internet and you look for anti-aging, you'll find 569 million sites. Because <laughs> people are interested in not dying. 
I'll tell you what. Forget all the websites. Come hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> this is the best anti-aging ingredient there is. <laughs> this has got life in itself. So, so they have dermatologists and skincare educators, you know, who help you. They, they showed this, this one woman. She's a Hollywood star, and she's active in, in the battle against anything to do against the climate, and she's always speaking. And I mean, she's 80-some years old, and she looks like she's 40 or something. Well, how do you do it? Well, I don't know how many, what do they call those things? Um, I was going to say face plants, but that's a thing that happens when you fall. <laughs> how many operations? <laughs> okay, I got your attention anyway. Maybe she had a few face plants and that started the whole process. <laughs> but, you know, how many operations, plastic surgeons and things did she see to get herself looking that way? But inside, she's dying just like any other 83-year-old. Yeah, you might cover the outside, but there's no life in that. You're fixing up the outside. It's not going to do you any good. Start on the inside to be born again. I'll tell you what, that's going to bring life. Actually, that's going to bring the body change. That's going to bring the resurrection. That's got life in itself. And God put that life in his word. The word that we receive now, it's got life in itself. It's got active ingredients in itself. I could, I could tell you, they gave about 10 or 20 different popular ingredients. There's actually some oils in here of all things. Well, I've always said, there's always one oil I want to take, and that's the oil of the Holy Ghost. But it, it tells everything from, hey... Green tea's in here. So is caffeine. I knew there was a reason. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> Glycolic acid and hyonic acid and ceramides and biotin and alpha. And all of these things, you apply them. So you can apply this skin cream and it puts on and it's supposed to rejuvenate your skin. It's got active ingredients in it. Okay, so like the world is doing all of this, but what about what God is doing? You look at what God has done through the years. Now, God, he would have all through time. Here is the word. Here's all of that. But then an age would come and God would anoint a prophet. And a prophet would come and a prophet would take the word. Remember, the Bible was written by 40 different authors. It was, and it has 66 different books. And Brother Branham would talk about it. And he talks about how a prophet is like an eagle that goes, a seer that climbs up into the heavenlies. So he's going beyond in another dimension. And it says how he goes beyond the emotion of the church and the rhythm of the music and the clapping of the hand. God brings him into a realm. He opens his eyes. He lets him look around. He lets him see things to come. He comes back down and he begins to tell the members of the body the word that is to be fulfilled. And when that word is received in a womb, it begins to bring life. It begins to bring direction. It it's God's active ingredient. So God's always had an active ingredient to the church. The word, listen, they had manna. The manna from one day could not carry over to the next day. Why? It would begin to be rotten. God always had fresh manna. Fresh ingredients that were life-sustaining. 
So he would have a word that he sent down, even through seven messengers, as we talked about. But they came, and they were from the I Am, the, the Alpha, the Omega, and he used that oil. It channeled through them. It came out through them, and that word was life to that age. It was anointed to that age. And I'll tell you what, that's what that age lived by. And if you want the, the real definition of what the Holy Ghost is, it's to say amen to every word for your age. I'll tell you what, I'm more convinced than ever that this message is what's got life in it. Tell you what, you go out from under the protection, you watch how quickly the fall is. This anointing, this eagle anointing, brought by a messenger that came from God. No, he, didn't, he, didn't, he came just like we all did, but he went into the mind of God, came down, gave the word to us. I'll tell you what, you receive it. You do exactly what Eve failed to do and what Mary did. Mary, in her womb, she received the word. She had to receive it before it ever came out naturally, before life ever formed. She had to receive it in her mind. I'll tell you what, I'm so glad there's something in me. I, there's things that Brother Branham has said that I don't understand. There's things in the Bible I don't understand, but I say amen to it. Amen. I'm so thankful that's there. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you, keep a, you agree with it. God will make it real. God will bring it to pass. The Word has an active ingredient in it. Amen. Now you can take a medicine, and they have these different medicines... You know, if you, if you got a, in, in, in the spring I get a, sometimes I get a hay fever or a sinus thing and it's just developed, you know, just since I got older, a couple years ago. And, uh, but, but anyway, I, I seem to pick that up. And so you go, you go to the doctor and you get these tablets and they have different ones and, 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 and it says 24-hour time released. So you, you're supposed to ingest this thing. Well, if you had the full of effect of it and, and there was no time factor to it and you had it, it would just do you good for a couple of minutes and then be done. You'd have to keep popping pills the whole time. But he says you swallow one of these and take one every 24 hours. And, and over that 24-hour period, it breaks into your body and it, and it stops the, 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 the itchy eyes and, and the sniffling and it does all of those things. But it's working over time. The message God has sent. There, there was, there's active ingredients in it that are working even right now. You can read the word. You can read it 20 years ago. I'll tell you what, you read it today, you're hearing things that you never heard before. It's got active ingredients in it. It's God who is sustaining us. God sent the word. He watches over the word. He brings it to your heart. He makes it known in season. That's our God. He's watching over it. Oh, that ought to rejoice. It's not a textbook. It's a living Bible. It's moving. It's walking. God's always had prophets. They come down. Brother Brandon would say it this way. The word of God was in his mind before the foundation of the world. 
So when the prophet comes, it's not that God speaks to the prophet at that time, but the prophet catches what God has already said. The word was laying there. God spoke the word, stretched in time. The prophet goes up. He sees the time coming. He comes back down. Oh, God has such a great plan. You know, it was Moses, as they're on the journey, they came to bitter waters, and they needed something to drink. And then God showed him a tree, and he hewed down the tree, and he cast it in the waters, and the waters were made sweet. He's still the same today. Oh, we may be going through trials and tribulations, but God can make the waters sweet. I appreciated the testimony also of our sister Natusi, who just was talking about her trial and how God brought her to such a place where she didn't even think about the trial, but she just fellowshiped with God. And she just thanked God and just praised God. And it was then God started to act. You know, I, I, I like how Brother Branham would, would, would put it here. He talks about Mary. And he says how Mary, how Eve fell from the word, but he says how Mary received the word. He said, oh, Eve doubted it, but when the word came to Mary, she never doubted it. Behold the handsmaid of the Lord, be it, according to me, be it unto me according to the word. She was a virgin. It was going to take an active ingredient. Normally that would be through a man, a man's seed. But God was actually overriding that, injecting himself. What was it? The beginning of a new creation. It was a new creation that he was injecting into the human. It was God who subjected himself to these dimensions. Became us. Lived under our laws. Lived under our everything we did. He, he so transcended. Come, came down to our level. And in so doing, made a way for us. He says, Mary never said, wait till I feel life. Then I'll testify. Wait till I'm positive of it. No. He said, I... He said, no, sir, that's not the question. I believe what the angel told me. There is faith. There's the original, there's the spoken word and the original seed. That's what God wants us to live by. Now, I, I, I'm just going to try to... Brother Brandon would say, when Joseph came to marry, when Adam and Eve came together... Adam found her pregnated with a corrupt seed. But when Joseph the human came to his wife, glory, he says, can't hardly hold her. She was pregnated with life, the word of God, flesh in her womb. Oh, bring back that spoken word. Bring back that word of God that came through a human womb. Amen. God will do it. He spoke it. It's got to be so. He's our God. Now look, there's a part of God... I'm going to just summarize. I'm not going to take my scriptures and I'm just going to try and summarize it. There was a part of God. His purpose can never be fulfilled. You go, go through and read the message. Pick up the pen and write. The bride has thus saith the Lord. She only does what God says or she's quiet. 
Now there's a part in there where he says, she knows that Christ did not do everything in his earthly ministry. But there's a part of Christ that needs to be expressed through the bride. Now you can go over into, and you can read it also in the adoption series. The work of the Holy Ghost. What is the work of the Holy Ghost? To continue the work of Christ. To be an active ingredient. Friends, there's times when heaven is there, we're waiting for heaven to come, but inside of us is an active ingredient, the spoken word. You can change the situation. If I can be as bold as to say it this way, Brother Harold always preached a, a wonderful message that I so enjoyed. God's restraining force. The moon, the earth, the tides would rise up, the moon would come. Now the moon was not the sun, but it lived in the reflection of the sun. And the moon was a type of the church. And it would, as it would rise up, the tides would roll back. When the enemy comes in like a flood, we're waiting for an answer out there. The answer's in us. There's an active ingredient. There's a spoken word that you can speak. Your prayers could be holding back the wrath of God. What's inside of us is actually coming to life. It's nothing less than the life of Christ, the words of God, the thoughts of God, if you can receive it. Oh, Brother Ed, you're, you're making yourself something. No, I'm, I'm just saying, be it unto me according to your word. He's active. He sustains us. We just follow him. A woman, listen, it was always women. Under Elijah's ministry, it was always women that were there as the receiving. It was a widow woman that was there to sustain Elijah. And when Elijah spoke to her, give me something to eat, she had her last meal. She had nothing, but she followed the word. And when she did that, tell me, what was it that was bubbling in that pot? What was it in that cruise of oil? Nothing less than Jesus Christ, the sustainer, working in our lives. What's keeping you today is God, the word that's in us, is life to us. It tells us, it discerns for us, it's Christ in us. And now, what is it that's keeping your loved ones? It's your prayers. It's your interceding for them. It's your moving on their behalf. It's not what it should be, but God will have to walk over your prayers. If you can see it that way, God will have to cross over that to, to bypass it. And then there'll come a time, like the unjust judge, he'll say, I can't cross over what Brother Jerry's praying. I can't cross over what Sister Marianne's praying. I can't cross over what, what Sister Vera's praying. I'll listen to what they're praying. I'll move on their behalf. I'll act on their behalf. Why, they're a part of me. If we could see into another dimension sometimes how much God is actually around us if we can operate in that realm of faith. It was at Dothan that Elijah, Elisha, I believe, went with his servant 
And they saw the camp of the enemies all around them. And the servant was fearful. And he says, look at how many enemies. Look how many. And, and Elijah said, there's more that are with us than are against us. And he's like, what are you looking at? And he says, God, open his eyes. And he saw angels on every hilltop. If you could see that. Friends, if you could recognize how much God's trying to press himself, how much God wants to work on our behalf, how much he's there to listen to us. Oh, Brother Ed, this is beyond us. I said, I'm walking towards it. I'm moving into it. I'm not going to stop yet. I'm not finished yet. There's something that's been reserved for us. There's prophecy reserved for us. Listen, I've, I've abandoned my notes here for about the last 10 minutes, and I'm just going to Wind my thoughts down. But he's there with us. Brother Branham would say, it was going to take a bride in this day. The bridegroom's spirit dwells in the bride. When God made his first bridegroom, he was both man and woman. And then he made Eve from Adam, not another piece of clay. He says, and he says, it had masculine and feminine the feminine away from Adam placed in Eve. So the bride must be flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. How is this mortal flesh going to become his flesh? We'll get to it in a minute. He's speaking in the rising of the sun. God is there. If, my, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask what you will. Because you're asking his word his word is life. Now, I don't have time to go to Isaiah 53, but it, it all gives us a picture of Christ. And it says, when he was railed on, he never opened his mouth or his tongue. He never spoke a word. He, 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 didn't, he didn't do that. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone. See, there's a part that was left Eve in the garden for her to speak. And he was reserving a part for us to speak, to continue the works of Christ, to speak on his behalf. We're here for him today. I'm not here representing a church. I'm here representing Christ. I'm part of a church. Yes, I'm part of a body. But it's greater than that. Let's just go to John 17. We will. This is Jesus' prayer as he's leaving earth. Verse 4 I have glorified thee on the earth. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were. Thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Jesus, what was his attitude to his disciples? He, I look at his attitude calling out Peter, calling out men with faults and failures, but yet he worked with them. And then after the resurrection, when they, they couldn't understand these things, he came. And joined themselves on the road to Emmaus. He, made, he worked with them. How, how are we going to keep his word? It's because 
of how he gives it to us and presents it to us and shows himself to us. Oh, I, I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. I have given them the words which thou gavest me. They have received them. They have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, those that you have reserved for me. There was those that were written on a lamb's book of life. He came to redeem those. Along the way, he said, whosoever will, you can come to. But he came for his own. I believe, friends, I can't help but believe it. But I was there. I was with him. I rejoiced with the sons of God. There's too much beating in my heart to tell me different. Every time I open the message, every time I read the word, I was there. I know I was there. No matter what the outside tells me. Verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I have glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. So he's just changing from the prophetic, the prophetic office, he's going to become a priest. And, and he's saying, he's, where are we, verse 11, he says, and, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that we may be one as we are. So how is the keeping? It's in him. Keep them in me. Keep, keep them that we may be one. Friends, that's the keeping power. When he is so identified in you, you in him, how can God pass over the token? While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. I kept them. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 14, I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not in the world. I pray not that thou you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also send them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify them. I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified through the truth. I think God, God's eye is on his people. I, as the musicians come, you, you can look at Israel natural. I'll tell you what, God's eye is on Israel. Everything that's happened, it's been reserved for this hour. Joseph, according to the Bible, he was going, he was going to have his bride in his house when he made himself known to his brethren. He's about to make himself known to Israel. Every nation gathering against Israel. Everything coming against them. Do you think for a moment, the Jews that were dispersed for 2,000 years, how in the world are they still a nation? Because God kept them. How did they get in that land? God kept them. How are we where we are? God's keeping power. He's watching over us. He's watching over our affairs. He knows your burden. He knows your heart. 
A couple of years ago, I was reading about Israel, and Iran had pulled a thread about a nuclear attack, and, and, and they had a city where they had a nuclear thing. The next day, a dust storm came, rose up, never been one there before. Dust storm swept that whole city, rendered everything in that nuclear plant powerless. Now, don't tell me that God's not watching over them. Don't think for a moment that when, 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 when even Brother Branham and, and you look at how God, God doesn't know the detail, the moment, the hour. His wife had a tumor. He let it go. He let it go. He let it go. And then God, at a certain hour, his wife thousands of miles away, and he speaks. He says, before the hand of the doctor touches her, the tumor will be dissolved. And a thousand miles away, there's the doctor, he comes over, and he's about to touch her, and something cool sweeps over her. Who's watching over us? Whose hands was it placed in? Into man's hands. Into our hands. We're coming back to God's purpose. I don't think I could preach this the way it's fully in my heart, but we'll leave it there today. I'll tell you what. The Word has an active ingredient. Let it percolate. Maybe by memory, maybe by podcast, maybe it's, it's not just Brother Ed, but it's let it percolate. Let it bring forth. Let's stand together. The Word is working mightily in me. Do you believe that? The Word is working mightily in me. The Word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstance, what I feel or see.